Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, we'll focus on building an emotional bank account. We all have a bank account where we make money deposits. At times, we need to pay for something from our account so we have enough money in the bank to be able to do so. And the more we have in our account, the less stress we feel when we cash in. So let's transfer this thinking from a money bank account to an emotional bank account. An emotional bank account is an account of trust. It's how safe you feel with another person. The more we deposit emotional good into our account, the safer people feel when we have to cash in. For example, sometimes as leaders, we need to share feedback with our direct reports to help them improve. A trusting relationship makes these types of conversations go much better. I remember my first year teaching high school. I had a mentor teacher and supervisor. Her name was Miss Callie. She was a great teacher and an even greater mentor teacher and supervisor. She had to observe me teaching in my classroom throughout the year. And prior to her observation, she reduced my anxiety by engaging in conversations with me. And she said things like, I look forward to being in your classroom tomorrow. I'm confident in you as a teacher and the relationships you have with your students in the classroom. When she gave me feedback about my teaching, she started with the positives and then gave me a pointer or two that would help me improve. My first year teaching experience occurred 30 years ago, and I remember my experiences with Ms. Callie just like it was yesterday. Someone like Ms. Callie can determine whether or not a teacher stays in the profession or decides to leave. Here's a cute story about my students wanting to show Ms. Callie they had respect for me. Leroy was a student in my most difficult class to manage. He was a 6'2 star basketball player. Close to the beginning of the year, he would come in with his baseball cap on. It was against school rules for boys to wear them. So I'd ask him to remove his cap, and of course he would not. Rather than confront Leroy, I decided I'd first start with trying to build a trusting relationship with him. During the first few months of school when he came into class, I complimented him on things that meant the most to him. I started with compliments about his basketball skills. I made a decision not to challenge his hat wearing. Close to the end of the second month of teaching, Miss Callie came in to observe the classroom. God, I was really nervous because I knew I had to ask Leroy to remove his cap. Leroy walked in, sat at his desk, and class started. I politely asked him to remove his cap. And guess what happened? He smiled at me, removed his cap, and put it under his desk. I was so caught off guard, I could hardly keep my composure to teach the lesson for the day. The students were like angels. They were exaggerating their good behavior. And I thought, oh boy, what is Miss Callie going to think? She must see they were overreacting on this positive side. In our follow-up meeting, she said that she seldom saw such a well-disciplined and attentive class. And then she said, your focus on building good relationships with students in your classroom 
has a great impact on your students. I had a big smile and was so appreciative of my students at that moment. And Miss Kelly knew my students behaved in the way they did because they cared about me. And she also knew that I cared about them. I still see Leroy in his front row seat smiling at me. During basketball season, I attended almost all of the basketball games to watch Leroy play so that I could compliment his great ability and skill on the court. So what's one way we can build an emotional bank account? Evaluate our compliment to criticism ratio. Beginning in the 1970s, Goatman and Levinson studied the difference between happy and unhappy couples. They discovered that the key factor between the two is the balance between positive and negative interactions. They found that a happy marriage has five or more positive interactions to any one negative interaction. After almost 50 years, it's still important. This is a timeless behavior that yields meaningful results. The same has been found in business when focusing on leaders' interactions with their teams. As we've worked with people in organizations, we first ask leaders to consider the three-to-one principle. Three compliments to one criticism gives leaders a better opportunity to gain a positive interaction. The three compliments build an emotional bank account. Of course, if we give more, we build a richer account. Three compliments to one criticism or three examples of positive feedback to one improvement recommendation. Relationships can spiral down pretty quickly. And like a bank account, you never want to be overdrawn. We process and remember negative feedback more strongly than positive feedback. It's human nature, isn't it? I don't know about you, but as I grew as a leader, I had to make a real shift. Like most others, I tended to focus on what's wrong rather than on what's right. I had to retrain my mind and actions to intentionally focus on the things that people do well. And I had to make an even greater improvement on telling them. An even greater challenge was to apply a three-to-one ratio. What's really important is to give compliments or praise that people recognize as sincere. This type of interaction has to be genuine and specific. So something like this, Gail, Thank you for writing the blog that highlighted my work. When you interviewed me, I felt very comfortable with the way you structured the interview. Also, you made me feel comfortable because you had a genuine approach with me. I felt you were really interested in learning about my work. Finally, the product you produced was better than I ever expected. You really listened and captured the stories that made the blog interesting. If I needed to provide improvement feedback on the blog, I could have done so in a way that Gail would have listened, processed, and most likely taken an improvement action as she wrote her next blog. In this case, I did not see a need for improvements to be made, so my interaction filled the deposit side of her emotional bank account. In a Forbes article written by Lucas Poles, Leadership, the Emotional Bank Account, Poles writes, as a leader, Our goal is to accomplish tasks through people. So there are always two dynamics involved, the task and the relationship. Remember Leroy's class during my first year of teaching? I had a job to teach math. To get to the task, I had to first establish a relationship with my students. 
and I knew the class would follow Leroy, so building this relationship had a multiplier effect with other students. In addition to the three-to-one formula, Polls gives us additional advice to consider when building an emotional bank account. Remembering the foundation of a relationship is based on trust, and he recommends several actions for leaders to take. One, be selfless. This connects back to last week's podcast episode about being kind. Two, listen to employees and empathize with them. Listen so they know they are heard. We'll come back to this topic in a future podcast episode. Three, willingly sacrifice our own wants and needs so our teams can achieve their goals. Remember what we focused on in some of our prior episodes where successful as leaders when our teams are successful. And this takes us to number four. Care about the progress and goals of our employees. And five, remove barriers for our employees so they can be successful. I think this last one is really important. You may recall that we focused on the role of a barriers team to help reduce barriers in one of our podcast episodes. Sometimes we as leaders can own removing a barrier for our own teams. This past year, our team had a disconnect in our financial system, which gave us unreliable information. Our teams made decisions based on the data they had in front of them. They thought they were making good decisions, but that was not the case because the information was wrong. It was impacting the bottom line results. My role as the senior executive leader was to work on fixing the problem. It became my highest priority. This team worked too hard to have this barrier get in their way. As we made changes, it was also important for me to co-own this problem and coach them to work through this difficult barrier. I wanted to keep them energized, motivated, and focused. As we've eliminated this barrier, they now have the right information in a timely way to achieve their team results. I close today with one final way to build an emotional bank account. Harvest and celebrate the small wins. There is power in recognizing progress, the small steps that get us to the end goal. I've been struggling with getting back in shape. Over the years, as I've traveled, I've not done a good job with staying in shape. I've gained weight and lost endurance. As a relatively good athlete, this mishap is very disturbing to me. I made a deal with myself to focus on something small to change some of my behaviors. Here are three things I committed to doing. First of all, if I stayed five floors or lower in a hotel, I would take the stairs rather than the elevator. That one was easy for me because I have a crazy fear of being stuck in an elevator. (laughs) Number two, when safe, I always park a distance from the entrance so I have a longer way to walk. And last, in airports, if I have time in between flights, I'll walk from concourse to concourse rather than ride a tram. Now I know this is a far cry from hitting a goal of getting back in shape. Yet when I do these three actions, I feel better about myself. Small wins will help me gain motivation for hopefully one day striving for bigger ones. Transfer this thinking to celebrate Small wins toward achieving the end result of a big project, for example. Small steps with continued forward movement give us greater opportunities for big wins. Here's what I find. As a leader, 
when I model communicating small wins to the team, they do the same with their teammates. We create a culture where employees on our team are harvesting and communicating small wins. Leaders to leaders, leaders to employees, and peers to peers. Harvesting small wins becomes contagious. Let's do two things intentionally this week. First, engage in a meaningful conversation with a direct report if you are a leader who supervises others. Or if not, connect with a peer or someone on a project team you lead. Focus your conversation on providing three compliments. Be genuine and specific. Prepare what you are going to say before engaging in the conversation. And second, this week, find one small win each day and communicate that win to your team. Your emotional bank account will have some deposits. Keep taking these actions and add more to build a rich account of trust. When you cash in, you will have more than enough in your bank account to retain the trust. Others will benefit, and so will you. By filling others' emotional bank accounts, you fill your own. We all find our purpose to do worthwhile work that makes a difference in our employees' lives. Three to one, and harvest and communicate the small wins. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next episode, where we focus on the first of a series of episodes on performance coaching conversations. Next week, we start with our best performers in the episode, Retaining High Performers. Have a great week.